Hi everyone, my name is Kenan Smith. Welcome to the Real Science Cast, where three highly qualified, incredibly good looking, available We're not we told you not to say available, available to look at okay. uh, scientists watch a movie, pick a movie, sorry, and pick apart the science. My name is Kenan Smith. My name's Sean Crossen. I'm Michael Pace. Kenan, Sean well, Oh, I, I just wanted to oh. jump in there. We do watch the movie also. We yeah, pick we do a movie watch... and we watch it. So. Well, I mean, this one we just kind of read the plot synopsis, right? No, I watched the movie. Did you? Were you asleep that whole time? I was texting. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, it was only 90 minutes, so. Since I don't know, Sean, what do we do on this podcast? Well, we pick and watch a movie and then we critique and rate the science in the movie. Nice. And then we talk about it and record it and put it on the internet for people to listen to. For people to be assaulted by. <laughs> yes. God, um, how crazy is that? That people actually listen to us talk? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I'm already sick of hearing us talk. I'm actually amazed. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is getting all four of us, all three of us, into the same room for a recording. Yeah. During the week. Which we do. But it does take us about an hour to start recording. We still haven't even gotten to the podcast yet. Pace, do we have any disclaimers? We do have some disclaimers that we are highly qualified, as you say, scientists, uh-huh. uh, training to be professional scientists. And because of that, we have a very harsh view on everything that we look at and everything that we read about and critique. So we apply this to the films that we watch. We're jerks. Uh, so it could be a little, it could be a little, a little harsh, damning at times, but we think that's why it's fun to do as well. Yeah, if every movie had accurate science, it would be a boring movie, and we understand that, but we're going to be jerks about it anyway, because that's what we do. Absolutely. And as an additional disclaimer, uh, Pace hates some actors and actresses for no apparent reason, so if he puts them on blast, just be aware it's a deep-seated hatred that we don't know where it comes from. We don't have to carry this over every time. (laughs) I'm just assuming there will be an actor or actress in every movie that we watch that you just randomly hate, so I'm just pressing everybody. Awful crap about Chris Elliott, just I'm going to (laughs) assume. It's not a bad, bad to make but that being said i'm not going to do that this time that said what movie did we watch osmosis jones yeah it was really good Ooh, osmosis jones 90s kids will love this one jesus mm. i mean <laughs> thanks buzzfeed yeah sorry click to we are 90s lead. kids i don't know subscribe so we're going to talk about uh 10 facts you might not have known about osmosis jones today uh starring chris rock as Osmosis, osmosis jones, jones yeah <laughs> bill murray as where osmosis jones lives uh frank Dottore. David Hyde Pierce plays a cold pill that Frank swallows uh, to try and make himself better, and Lawrence Fishburne tries to kill Frank and everyone. He plays Thrax. The virus. The virus. The virus. The, the antagonist of the movie. The yes. antagonist. hey There it is. Because a guy plays him. Let's back out of this one. <laughs> So anyway, how does this movie start <laughs> so out? I'm just going to let you hang out to dry. No, this, this movie starts out with, we have Frank. What's his last name again? Tatore? Dottore. I'm going to call him Bill. No one uses his last name, so it doesn't matter. It's true. Uh, the teacher so, does. She calls him Mr. Tatore. That's true. Bill Murray works at a zoo. And as we all know, a zoo is the cleanest place that you can possibly hang out. That's true. Right? Uh, there's no animal droppings. Nope. There's no bacteria. No, no viral particles. Nothing. Nope. Right? Nothing. Um, and so he's hanging out by this monkey cage, and he's about to eat... Pace. Okay, sorry, it's a chimpanzee cage. Thank you. I know, I have to PC, I understand that. Uh, it's a chimpanzee Wait, PC cage. PC are Absolutely is. You, you ever try to call a monkey? A, uh, wow. You ever try to call an ape a chimpanzee and 
damn it. Yeah, this is You ever try to call an ape a monkey? Just keep it going, Pace. You ever try to call, like, like an old world monkey a new world monkey? They don't like it. Oh, yeah, like confusing a green monkey versus, like, a rhesus monkey. Yeah. I think those are both old world monkeys. I I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) We're getting way off track here. The point is... We're not evolutionary. Is that... The point is that that Bill Murray is here. He's sitting here. He's about to eat this hard-boiled egg. And his daughter's complaining to him about his hygiene... And this chimpanzee steals his egg. Wait, hold on. We get a sneak preview about uh, Bill Murray's hygiene with that hard-boiled egg based on how he uh, prepares it for consumption. God, it's disgusting. Uh, Sean loved it. Yeah, so um, I don't want to gross anybody out, but basically every scene with Bill Murray in it, just him going around living his life, is the grossest thing I've ever seen. So the movie starts out, right? Bill Murray is preparing this hard-boiled egg deed next to a cage full of chimpanzees. He squirts a tube of mayonnaise on this hard-boiled egg and then just dumps about half a salt shaker's worth of salt on top of it, blows the salt off, and then the monkey takes it from him. And puts it in, puts his, it in his mouth, spits it on the floor of the cage, and Bill Murray picks it up and goes, 10-second rule, and well, pops it in his mouth. That was right after Bill Murray threatened to strangle the chimpanzee. Over a hard-boiled egg. Over a hard-boiled yeah. egg. That was inedible before it hit the ground. Which, like, Bill Murray's <laughs> a weird dude, so, like, I could see that actually happening. I just don't think he'd eat the egg afterwards. Yeah, but yeah, sure. <laughs> in this case, he cites the 10-second rule, which, yeah. forget the 10-second rule, the egg was in the monkey's mouth. Uh-huh. That aside... What can we say about the 10-second rule that we should just point out just at the start of this podcast? <laughs> well, I think it's uh, typically the five-second rule is the first thing I, that was going to be messed yeah. up. It's a good point to make, yes. Usually people cite the five-second rule because 10 is a lot longer, twice as long, actually. Yeah. Well, never mind that the monkey had just coated the uh, egg in a nice film of chimpanzee saliva. Uh, uh, God, and no. when he picked it up, there was all sorts of stuff stuck to it. So no. the five-second rule doesn't actually exist, uh, as I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know. I, I think it would be depending upon the food in question and true. the surface that the food is dropped upon. Okay. That being said said not something you want to bank on okay so in all right let's do this then in order of danger okay when dropped on the ground for okay. food transmission we yes. have a hard-boiled egg yes hard-boiled okay. egg we have a chicken nugget okay okay we have a potato chip a potato chip i got one more okay jello okay what is gonna be like most easily transmit like transmit disease? I'm gonna say the Jello, man, because the Jello has got all those. Po- it's very porous, yeah, and yeah. you know you're gonna get you sticking to, to like things that are on the absolutely. Oh, you guys, yeah. this is the zero second rule for all it's of these. Pick up, <laughs> like, it's I gonna pick up some chimpanzees. The point. It actually it, it is thought that like something like a potato chip, very like dry, not sticky. Right. If you drop it on the ground, it's gonna pick up less bacteria or viruses than you would a sticky substance. That makes I mean, sense. The thing is, with with the five-second rule, sure, if you drop a chip on the carpet or something, the chances that you're getting, like, some super pathogenic bacteria from it is totally different than the chances that you're just going to get a chip coated in cat hair. And, like, I don't want to eat that at all anyway. Right. So you might not get a deadly illness from it, but I still wouldn't eat it. I'm 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 not... I'm not a proponent of eating food off the floor. I'm just saying that there are certain variables that you could put together here to make it much more risky to do so. True, true. You're saying that the rule is not universal. Well, not only that, but biochemistry happens in not seconds. It happens very, (laughs) very, very quickly. Uh So if anything is going to be picked up off the ground, it's going to happen the minute the chip hits the uh, the floor. Of course, in my house, we don't have a five-second rule. We have a, like, half-second rule because if you don't pick it up, my dogs will eat it. Right. So you're just not going to eat that And then you have to wrestle it out of their mouth, and then you have to eat it afterwards anyway. afterwards, and then I get a virus. And then you you turn around, and there's just a camera looking at you like, oh, ready, we're using this in the osmosis. Here it comes. Chris Rock has to save my life. Yeah. 
my daughter wants to go on a hiking trip. Anyway, we're 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 cutting ahead. <laughs> anyway, so he eats his egg. Um, he eats his egg, and uh, he eats the egg, and he contracts um, a virus. He contracts a virus and, by doing this. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't seen the movie, by the way, the entire movie cuts back and forth between animated scenes inside of Bill Murray's body and then live action scenes of Bill Murray. So Correct. Most of the plot is actually animated, and it's yeah. cells inside Bill Murray's body working to stop this virus and living in like a city. I'm yeah. doing quotes. I don't know. No, one that's can fine. See we we, we get quotes. this like yeah. You, yeah. No one can see <laughs> I you doing keep re- realizing that. So, but the, but the entirety of the inside of Bill Murray takes place inside of it's this anthropomorphic version of the human body where we get a city. There's a mayor. You know, people live in the brain. They live in the stomach. They live in the butt. All that good stuff. Right. It's, it's, it's very creative, to be yeah, honest. It's cool. Um, I think that in regards to any science we can comment on here, I mean, your body has, you know, various de- defenses to, for keeping foreign pathogens out, right? Sure. You've got, like, uh, your your skin, A, uh, your mucous membranes, your tears and saliva, etc., uh, sweat, and if something gets to your stomach, the stomach acid's pretty acidic, right? Yeah. So it's going to kill some things. And, and those are important to note that these are all part of what's known as your innate immune system. So these are things yes. that are the front line of defenses Oh, we'll um, talk about the innate immune system. Oh, yeah, we will. So uh, by by eating this egg and contracting Lawrence Fishburne via the mouth... Which is the who plays, who plays the voice the virus, of Thrax, the yes, virus. Bill Murray has effectively uh, bypassed all of those innate immune defenses. At least the first ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, they do try and hit him with saliva, and it doesn't work. Uh, so we have in the movie the police force, the white blood cells. Yeah, and they're referred right. to as just collectively white blood cells. Yes, and it seems, unfortunately, that's about as diverse as we get for the innate immune system here. You just have the white blood cells, right? Which for a movie that's ostensibly rated PG is, is probably fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's it's fine. Uh, I mean, it, it was also, I think, maybe you know geared towards children sure. when it came out, so they don't, don't need to go too deep into it. Uh, I mean, I think that being said... Um, it could have been fun to have some of the more cell types. I kind of thought about that. Like, uh, at least when we first see Chris Rock starting out, he's flying around in the mouth with another uh, another guy. He's, they're in a helicopter. Um, they're firing saliva at bacteria. So there you go. Right. It's that first line of defense. Your saliva contains things like proteases. So these are proteins. They're going to chew up uh, things that aren't supposed to be in the body. It's going to contain antibodies like that, have, that are just always expressed that can recognize bacteria and things like that. So saliva actually does a good bit of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but True. it would be interesting for them to have named each one of these guys. So people who work out in the mouth and, and just hang out there would be part of blood cells or uh, white blood cells that are right. more often associated with immediate responses. So things like uh, basophils, for instance, are always hanging out, uh, ready to react to things that you might be allergic to and releasing histamines, or they're there for yes. an inflammatory response. Yes. Um, and then maybe more specialized cells, which you know could be like a SWAT team or something, right? right. These are going to be your B cells and your T cells, which are going to be the ones making your antibodies or the ones killing cells that are infected. Those, those B and T cells are actually part of the adaptive immune system. They are. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... It's a shame they didn't play upon the idea of natural killer cells because oh, yeah, I agree. that's just one of the many types of fun cells that could have been recruited here, you know, by the release of histamines. Um, just like a rampaging murderous cell. It would have been hilarious. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I'm, I'm an MT, I'm an MT, MK. In, in KC, guys, you know, just... Uh, I was born a natural killer. And for the listeners... Yeah. It's just Muldoon. <laughs> <laughs> Clever virus? No, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> 
For yeah. the listeners, natural killer cells are uh, are these like regulator cells that you find in the the human body, and well, frankly pretty much anything with an immune system similar to that of humans um, that go around and help regulate our immune system. Natural killer cells specifically are what's known as cytotoxic in that they destroy cells which have been infected with some sort of pathogen. Um, and when a cell becomes infected with viruses or what have you... Which would have happened. Which would have case. happened, yep. I mean, there's a couple times where we see Lawrence Fishburne stick his finger through a cell and that cell explodes in a big fiery mess. Yeah. Which is, quite frankly, way gorier than I was expecting or remembered <laughs> for osmosis. True, yeah. so it was a little graphic. Like, there's, like, cytoplasm flies out of a cell's eyeball mm, yeah. as it died. That was mm-hmm. insane. But either way, when these cells are dying or when they're altered in any way, say like a virus has infected one and it is uh, beginning to replicate, the outer surface of that cell changes. And natural killer cells are pretty good at recognizing cells that have been infected and then going through and destroying that cell, thereby effectively ending the virus's life cycle because it hasn't been able to start making more copies of itself. And the previous copy is gone. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the way that this virus would be infecting cells is that it's it's going to basically, it's going to get inside the cell. It's going to hijack the cell's own machinery to make more of itself, yes. right? Yep. And it's going to go through what's called, I guess, the, the lytic process where the cell explodes. Yeah. And, and then more and more and more virus goes out. Comes so, with lysis, which is lysis, you know, destroying. Which, which is what so we, we should have seen Yeah, is just millions of tiny little thraxes running around yeah what would have what would have really happened this like lawrence fishburne would have shown up crawled inside the mouth of the first cell he met completely disappeared that cell would have exploded and then lots of thraxes would have left the cell yeah he also would have been a lot smaller relative yeah he would have been teeny 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 tiny (laughs) but the way they sort of anthropomorphize this for the movie is instead of Lawrence Fishburne replicating himself, he's recruiting the seedy underbelly yeah, of the really town like. of Fra- the city of Frank he's to help him. Up. So he's basically all the germs. Yeah, he's getting all the germs and pathogens on his side. Oh, you like, come up here, tell me how to run my gum. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we had a Marlon Brando in it. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, so they took, obviously, some liberties because, you know, these are animated characters. It's right. got to be very different than how your body actually reacts. But they did have some, right. some aspects of the innate immune system, especially in there's a lot of scenes in the mouth and the nose where there's a lot of gross mucus and saliva yep. everywhere, which is kind of nasty. But it's also a very key aspect of your immune system because the mm-hmm. whole reason all that stuff is there and the reason you get a runny nose when you're sick is because... Your body is constantly producing, you know, snot, mucus, saliva, and it's moving out of your body. Yep. So that it's making things, it's making it harder for things to get into your body. Right. Like this constant flow of mucus going outward, even in your ears, you have, oh my god, I, earwax, whatever earwax? it's called. No, 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 it's cerumen. You have cerumen moving out of your ears. I don't even know what that is. It's earwax. It's oh, called cerumen. Man. My, my wife's an audiologist. So. Oh, dang. <laughs> she was going to kill me if I couldn't remember. It was called your, cerumen. Uh, yeah, she would. Your wife? My wife. <laughs> Jeez. Is that Borat? Yeah, I think we've done that uh, every episode. Great. So. Great. That's our great. That's our well, calling card now is yeah. a Borat reference. Well, while we're also talking about the immune system, I think it would have been so cool to see, as you said, the B and T cells, which are responsible for antibody production, come yep. in and just like somehow for them to uh, represent this process of antibody production and just have... Sure all-out cellular warfare inside Frank. Well, and we, we should get back into the plot and start summarizing it, but we can talk a little bit how, like, this would have happened versus what actually happens in the movie. Too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel like the movie starts very... pretty much on track of 
how your immune system sort of polices the stuff coming into your body. Nice. Yeah, right? Wow, I see uh, what you did there. <laughs> but as the plot progresses, it starts to get a little more, like, not accurate to what actually happens. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just a little more hand-wavy. So, uh, Osmosis Jones yep. is the protagonist. He's, Chris again, Rock. he's a white blood cell played by, voiced by Chris Rock. Um, he is basically a... He's like a deadbeat uh, cop. Yeah, but... He, he messed up. He, he, he shot a kid. He shot a kid. <laughs> no, but he's... So he's, he's Reginald Vell Johnson. He's, he's disgraced. The, he's he a is, disgraced cop. He is the Reginald Vell Johnson of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He shot a kid. Yeah. He so did. he's <laughs> a disgraced cop, basically, and he is kind of a loner. Doesn't work well with other people. Everyone blames him for like messing up a previous case. Hey, tell it like it is. He's an asshole. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's kind of you know he's kind of an asshole. So yeah. he's looking for his big break, and the police chief is like, "Hey, you're gonna go work with this cold pill, yeah, Drix, that Bill Murray swallowed." Thrax has shown up and he started using his magic fire finger to basically destroy everything in the mouth and then down through the throat. Right. He lights a boat on fire, a spit boat that's supposed to be like cleaning up the mouth and sends it down the throat and Frank gets a sore throat, which is why he takes a cold pill in the, the, the first place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And I think there's also, I, I think you can infer from the way the animation plays out and stuff and the way Drix is cooling everything that maybe he has some sort of fever reducing yeah, yeah, yeah. Also. I think that's that's supposed to be part of it. Yeah. yeah. So they they also right. this is also a theme in the movie where Thrax is the virus and he's got this like pointy burning red finger. He's got an that, evil finger. Yeah. Yeah. It's an evil finger. It's a bad finger. Doctor Beast. Doctor Boot finger. Okay. No one's gonna get that reference. <laughs> no, okay. You can't reference our fake evil supervillain Doctor right. Poop finger. <laughs> You got it though. I did get it. So, it was good. He's got this evil finger, and he'll basically like use it to kill cells and blow stuff up, and everything gets boiling hot, and yep. then it dies. Uh, Drix, the pill, is cooling everything off with this cooling spray. So it's interesting. I thought the way they show that the virus makes everything hot, because when people think about a viral infection, they probably think about getting a fever. Right. And they show that the cold pill is cooling down this heat caused by the virus which right. was when you take a um anything NSAID NSAID, or something yeah. like that it's gonna decrease your fever and NSAIDs are anything like ibuprofen you know Advil, aspirin Advil yeah. that sort of thing that yeah stuff. which for the for the sake of simplicity for the movie it's represented in a, a fair way sure. yeah, I mean yeah. for the you know it's a good it's a good way to a cartoon it. yes now, here's the question for for you guys so I want to know if you think it's the virus is causing all these symptoms that Bill Murray is experiencing. How realistic is that? Is that how it works in real life? Well, in real life, it's actually the immune system's response to the presence of the virus that is really causing all the symptoms that someone's, you know, dealing with when they're sick. Right. So like sore throat, inflammation, things like that. Yeah. Like the fever is caused by the immune system. It's not actually caused by the virus itself. Right. Right. So why... So... Why do, why do these things occur? So, like, why do you get a fever whenever you get a viral infection um, or a bacterial infection? So, your body just sort of has, like, a few responses that are kind of catch-all things mm-hmm. that your innate immune system is just going to start throwing at any foreign invader. Get out of here. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, like, whether it's a virus or a bacteria, you just start getting a fever most of the time. It right. might be mild or it might be more severe depending on what the different disease is. But sure. if you have a bacterial infection, a fever is going to make it harder for the bacteria to thrive and proliferate in your body because it needs a specific temperature, which is your body temperature yeah. that it's designed to grow at. 
And if you change it by a few degrees, it's going to make it more difficult for it to survive. Wouldn't it also depend upon the location of the infection itself, like where your bacterial inf infection is happening, if it actually will manifest with those common cold slash flu like yeah, symptoms? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get, so say you get sort of some sort of skin infection, right? Yeah. You're not going to end up with, you know, cold or flu. Right. right. It would need yeah. to be like a respiratory infection. And along those same lines, if you get, say, like bacterial meningitis, Oof. so which is obad, <laughs> uh, it migrates to your brain and your right. brain starts going through an immune response. So you get swelling, you get inflammation in your brain. And meningitis is one of those things is that if it's not addressed, you can just die. Yep. Yeah. You're just gone. Yep. Which the interesting thing is, you know, you get so much swelling from your immune system that you actually die from the swelling in your brain caused by your immune system's reaction. Yeah, which is right. not great. I mean, obviously, if the bacteria went unchecked, you would still die from that eventually. So there's like this balance of like you have to get rid of the pathogen, but also not kill yourself in the process. Right. So, yeah. and we get like a little bit out of this movie of, you know, it's sort of playing with this idea that the cells in the body are definitely reacting to the virus. You know, things like, oh, it's it's here. We're trying to... We're, we're trying to chaperone this. We're trying to get rid of the virus, blah, blah, blah. We get that in the form of Chris Rock, you know, being a, a hardened cop going after Thrax. Mm -hmm. But there's also a couple scenes, uh, one that comes to mind immediately, where the cells are doing something and it causes a problem for Bill Murray's character, Frank. So there's this one great scene uh, early on where Osmosis Jones is running after this, these bacteria and he fires his magic cell bullet at this bacteria driving away in a car, and instead of hitting the car, he hits this huge box under a power line that just reads main nerve receptor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that it destroys this thing and then gives Frank, in real time, a charley horse or a cramp. Right. It was a little strange, though, to portray the nerve system, nervous system like that because yeah. there's not maybe... They could have been more of these quote-unquote main nerve systems or whatever they had there, right? But normally you have lots of neurons coming out from the spinal cord invading the muscles. It wouldn't just be one central quote-unquote power line. Yeah, and it's interesting also, I mean, I do like the fact that when they portray this, like, nerve, it's got an electrical aspect to it, yeah. you know, because they are signaling electric. Which is accurate, yes. Which is accurate. But the interesting thing is, too, in this movie, right, all the people, all the characters are cells, and neurons are also cells, right. but they've sort of chosen that like cells in the movie that are mobile are portrayed as people in the city of Frank, and then all the cells that are stationary are just like buildings or power lines, right. or infrastructure, infrastructure. Yes. Because like the organs that all the the like Osmosis Jones and stuff is visiting during this whole movie. The organs are made of cells that just don't move, but yes, in the right. movie they're just like tissue. Yeah, and they, just, the same goes for like you know things like the roads inside right. of Frank. Like all the roads are supposed to be blood vessels, but they would also be made of cells. Yeah, that other cells are driving their cells cars on top of. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Right. It also it would have been really funny in regard to this like main central nerve because technically that would have been a neuron, right? Which is another another cell, right? So it would have been like a cell with these legs that reach down all the way from the spinal cord to the muscle. So it would have oh, been like would Osmosis be cool. Jones running into another cell's legs. Like, oh, sorry, bro. Um, so we should also talk about the differences between bacterial versus viral infections, which are very relevant okay. in this film. Like how you would treat them in response. Uh, sure, like how you would treat them. Okay. So, you know, for, for example, you always have, you have that one meme, right, of Batman and Robin where Robin's like, oh, I think I have a cold. I'm going to go take some antibiotic. And then he gets slapped by Batman. And is like, right. no, it's a virus. Uh, yeah. As yeah, in the yeah. antibiotics aren't going to work. 
for a viral infection, right? Yep. Why why is that? Well, antibiotics are specifically designed to stop bacterial infections. So given that, given that you can just take antibiotics for like a staph infection or something or uh, another type of bacterial infection, are there different types of antiviral medications that you can take to, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, prevent a virus from reproducing, making more of its own DNA or infecting certain cells? Yeah, I mean, so if for a virus like the cold, there's nothing you can take. You All the medicine that you take for the cold is just treating the symptoms because right. you're not going to die from a cold infection unless you have some crazy other immune problems or yes. something like that. But, or, or if you're infirm and just can't handle the symptoms. But if you have something like the flu, which people can die from, there is, you can take Tamiflu, which is an antiviral, mm, which Tamiflu. I don't exactly know how it works, but it is specifically targeted towards the flu. And I think Kenan, because he's got a vast knowledge <laughs> of everything about viruses, can just rattle off from his brain, not from the internet at all, how <laughs> Tamiflu works. Kenan, do you have that... That pull from the depths of your mind? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me go inside my mind palace real quick and pull that out. Uh So uh, Tamiflu is the brand name for the treatment. uh, uh, Hold on. Let me pronounce this for the, not the first one. From your brain. Ulcel Tamivir. (laughs) Uh Uh, So this is actually intended in order to prevent uh, influenza A and influenza B. Uh, And the way this actually works, um, I'm pulling directly from my brain here. So one, one moment. Um, just give me like a second. Uh, so also Tamivir is actually a, oh, it's a neuro, I mean, of course it's a neuraminidase inhibitor. Uh, so for our listeners, if you ever hear someone talking about, uh, influenza, it's often referred to as like H1N1, H2N1, things like that. So these actually are describing part of the life cycle of influenza. So the virus has this neuraminidase enzyme. This actually is able to cleave specific glycoproteins found on human cells, which allow new virions to exit those cells. So also Tamivir inhibits neuraminidase, preventing virions from exiting cells after infection. So the, the virus can still infect cells, but it can't release more particles of itself, which is how a virus spreads. Exactly. Right. So, right. And, and again, this isn't depicted this way in this movie. Well, but, of course. Yeah. And this is an antiviral, right? So if you gave this for a bacterial infection, it would do nothing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So that's why like antibiotics, they really are only doing something if you have a, a bacterial infection. And most of the time when people take it and they have a cold and they think they got better, it's just because they got better on their own. The yeah. antibiotics didn't do anything. Well, and the other reason you shouldn't just take antibiotics unless prescribed them is because you have useful bacteria in your body and if you take too many antibiotics or too many for too long yes you may wipe out a uh an existing antibiotic like an existing bacterial infection but you can also kill like for instance your gut flora so things that actually help you digest the problem as as far as viruses are concerned there are no there's not a broad spectrum thing that you can give someone who who might have a viral infection so for something like hiv you actually give them a cocktail of drugs, like several drugs, once you know they have HIV, that inhibit or combat several steps within that virus life cycle. So you're giving them a specific antiviral treatment towards a specific virus. You have to know how that virus, the structure of it, and how it behaves and infects cells. So HIV is a retrovirus? Yeah, it loves disco. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, But otherwise, like, if you have a viral infection... You need to identify it ahead of time in order to give someone antiviral drugs. Yes. 
But so then I guess next in the movie, right, um, Frank takes a cold pill, right? Yep. And what does he do, Kenan? Well, he shows up with a gun to kill Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Just like that one episode of Frasier. <laughs> yes. David Hyde Pierce climbs into... No, he's... <laughs> he climbs into Bill Murray <laughs> to shoot Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. There's a really cool scene where Thrax has made his way up into the nasal cavity or the sinus cavity and is wrecking shop in there in order to cause symptoms in Frank. And he actually breaks a dam that is holding back a bunch of mucus that begins to fall apart. Drix tries to keep the dam up. He, he tries to combat this breaking yeah. of the dam in order to prevent mucus from flowing out of out of Frank. But he is unable to do so, and Frank then begins to get a runny nose. He begins sneezing and things like that. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of like good <laughs> representations of things that I think Sean loved. It's pretty gross. A lot of bodily functions. All that good phlegm. Mm. Bill yeah, Murray yeah. is a gross individual. In this <laughs> He's movie. a nasty boy. I would call him a slovenly zookeeper, which That's, I believe is what the Wikipedia calls him. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty gross. <laughs> oh, man, it's so nasty. So they team up, they're trying to track down Thrax, this virus, and they're sort of the only two that suspect that there's actually a virus that's serious here at play. Yep. They, everybody thinks it's just a cold, and the mayor's trying to sort of keep it that way because he's got an election coming up and he doesn't yeah. want all the negative publicity. I yeah, mean, he's trying to get everyone to like calm down and yeah. not freak it's, out. It's kind of strange that Drix and Osmosis are teaming up, though, a little bit, because Drix is a cold pill, so he's an, he combats the inflammatory response or the immune response, yeah. which Osmosis is functioning to... Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, like, Drix thinks that Osmosis is causing all of these problems, like, early on in the movie. True. So the movie kind of, probably unwittingly, but plays with this idea that yeah. you have immune cells that are walking around, quote, wrecking shop on Frank, yes. and Drix is there to try and fix some of those problems. Right, because normally, you know... Like, when you take a fever reducer, that's just calming your immune system down. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, he's got... He's a man he on a mission. He has to murder Lawrence Fisher. He has to... He has to murder it's Lawrence <laughs> He's been activated. He has to go murder him. <laughs> He's a sleeper agent. <laughs> yeah. So, while they're teaming up and trying to find Thrax, Thrax has been wandering around Bill Murray's gross body trying to recruit thugs for his cause. And he's got this master plan that we'll talk about in a little bit. One of the first places that he does this is he goes to Frank's gross armpits, his super nasty, nasty, stinky armpits. Yeah. Goes to, which are portrayed as a sauna, which is fantastic. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, great. He confronts Marlon Brando and tells him that, uh, oh, well, a bacteria Marlon Brando. Fungus. Oh, that's right. He's uh, fungal. Hold on. Farl- no. Fungal. Brandon. No, no it's it. a Stella. No, I don't know. I <laughs> <Stop>. can't. Sorry. <laughs> so he tells him, like, I, hey, join me or you're dead. Marlon Brando's like, hey, get the hell out of here. Thrax kills. Lawrence Fishburne murders Marlon Brando. And Marlon Brando's character, like, thugs immediately say, oh, we're going to join you. Like, yeah. it's very clear. You're yeah. I feel like he yeah. says we run the racket in this body at some point or he something sure like does. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, get the hell out. Yeah. It's really good. No, no, no. For those of you at home, Kenan's actually just shoved 20 cotton balls into his mouth. <laughs> These are expensive. Cotton balls? I'm oh, poor. you're a grad student. <laughs> but the, the reason that Bill Murray's armpits are so gross, again, is because his daughter will not buy him deodorant because yeah. it causes cancer. It's yeah. some weird thing. It's like they obviously put that in, right, to just say, like, as a plot point to say, hey, why do your armpits smell, Frank? Oh, my daughter won't buy me deodorant. Like, you're a full-grown man. Go buy yourself some deodorant. I don't, I don't know. It's just... Well, I mean, uh... he is portrayed as a giant, stinky man-baby for, like, most of the movie. 
Either way, so uh, Thrax is going around doing this, and the next major place that he goes is this giant pulsating zit. Uh, (laughs) This is Sean's favorite scene. Is it a a pulsating pimple? It's a, it's just, it's called, it's a club called a Vazit. And it's literally like pulsating on the outside of it. Oh, God. And it's portrayed as like what, I guess basically it looks like a partially digested piece of popcorn just sort of stuck to the front. You have to stop. You have to stop. Your descriptions are too vivid. They're very good. It's just on, on Frank's forehead. Frank, at this point, has now gone to talk to Molly Shannon about uh, going on this hiking trip that his daughter wants to go on. Frank wants to go to a wing festival instead. But either way, he's conversing with Molly Shannon during this time. And this this pimp, this pimple, the zit, is popping off. Yeah, so they, they basically they encounter this, uh, this, this what Drix thinks is a foreign viral particle, yep. right? He actually but, arms up about to shoot him. Exactly, which actually doesn't make any sense because... A cold pill wouldn't be able to kill viruses, but it wouldn't. And also, he's portrayed as just like every other bacteria. Yeah, this, he just but... looks like everything else. But apparently, they're like, "Oh, he's a virus." Lock and load. Drix recognizes him. Yeah, yeah right, so. right. I mean, but then, then Osmosis also recognizes him as being he's uh, on the level a flu vaccine. Yeah, he goes, "Hold up, hold up." He's a vaccine. He works for us now. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a really cool corollary that the movie makes because they're saying like this vaccine, which is you know, and we'll get into it in a second, but. Frankly, an influenza virus right? yeah. now is acting as an informant for the uh, for the police force of Frank, and so Chris Rock is like, "Hey, don't kill him! Don't kill him! He's going to help us out." Yeah, right. They're like, "We're going to grease him for some information." Exactly, which is which is really neat because that's sort of how vaccines work. When you when you're given a influenza vaccine, you're given a live version of the virus, but it's attenuated which means it can't go through its full life cycle. It's no longer able to proliferate in the human body. So you shouldn't get the flu, right? Right. right. So once it enters your body, it can infect cells like it normally would. It no longer goes through this entire lytic life cycle of murdering cells and producing more and more, producing more and more versions of itself. But the body can then take it, chop it to pieces, present it to your immune system so that it is later able to recognize it as a foreign agent. So you start producing things like antibodies and cytotoxic T cells against this virus so that whenever a virus enters, it can be covered in antibodies or when it enters a cell, it's more easily recognized as an infected cell and that cell is then killed. So it allows you to clear a viral infection more easily than you would have if you didn't have the vaccine. It prepares your body for when the actual uh, very dangerous form of the virus comes along exactly. or a flu virus, which is how flu vaccines work. And your body's like, oh, I've seen this before. Exactly. Yeah. You know? It has a memory for it. It's already yeah. ready to go. Yeah. It's the same way as it, like you have memory for other things, right? Like say you eat something that gives you food poisoning and you feel awful. And then the next time you go to eat that, you're like, I don't want to eat that again. Because yeah. you have a memory of that awful experience and you just try and avoid it. Exactly. So your body has a memory of this like virus infection, even though it didn't actually hurt you. It's ready for when something similar to it comes along. Right. And and your your body is pretty ready for this, at, at, like, sort of through, throughout the entire thing. So it's not one of these things where you get a cold, right, or you get the flu. It goes to your lungs, goes to, the, to your airway areas and things like that, infects those cells. But while those are able to uh, chop up the virus and present pieces of it or present full virus to your immune system, most of your cells are actually able to do this. So to some degree, all cells, uh, once infected by something foreign, are able to show that to the immune system and say, hey, by the way, this is happening here and it might happen again. Yeah. So 
the the really nice thing about this is, that, and this is actually what's known as antigen presentation. So antigens are anything in the body that is recognized by the body by T cells, by antibodies, and things like that. So when it's foreign, it's recognized as non-self. Now, while you may have some uh, things that are self, so actually belong to you, belong in your body, that may be recognized by the immune system, this is in a whole another field of you know things like autoimmune disease and things like that. Yes. Things you sh- your body yes. shouldn't be recognizing as foreign. Right. Um, but once you have these things recognized as non-self, your body remembers it. It will produce things like memory B cells. You mentioned memory earlier, right? These mm-hmm. B cells can then produce antibodies, antibodies right. that are preloaded to recognize the virus. Right. Yeah. In the scheme of the movie now, so Osmosis Jones, so Thrax is at the zit. He's got his like posse of like ruffians that he's recruited, his, yep. his like vagrants or whatever. So he's at the zit and Jones, <laughs> his, vagrants. his vagrants, his vagabonds, his <laughs> rapscallions, he's up there. At the the roguish types. <laughs> yeah. And um, Drix and Osmosis are interrogating this vaccine basically he's like oh i don't know nothing man and they're like come on tell us you're on the level yeah they play good cop bad yeah they're like we wouldn't we wouldn't have to blow your head off and he's like whoa this guy's crazy don't kill me yeah they actually go good cop bad cop they go good cop crazy cop on him (laughs) they do drix goes bananas bananas. so he tells them hey like you know you didn't hear it from me but some shit's going down at the zit you should check it out then Osmosis and Drix know to head to the Zit, which is where uh, Thrax, Thrax is. is hanging so, out. Um, undercover. So they get to the Zit and Osmosis <laughs> like, alters his body shape. Basically. Yeah, alters his body shape because he's a cell, I guess, which, you know, he's got he's a mobile cell. So he can change the shape of his appearance, I guess. Yep. So he disguises himself to look like a germ. Yep. And they disguise Drix in this really weird... They put a frozen piece of bacteria on top of his head. Yeah, much like you would just place a mop on someone's head in, like, a kid's movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go in, cut back to real life. Bill Murray is talking to Molly Shannon at this time. And he's got this giant zit on his head. Yeah. Back in the body. They're sniffing around for info, trying to look for Thrax. Osmosis Jones finds out, like, oh, they're in this conference room. <laughs> yeah, they've, like, they've, like, rented out a conference room in this club. Yeah, it's basically. so weird. So well, I guess they, they even have, don't they have a VIP like, section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's they also, a like, a projector. Yeah, That's true. Drix, uh, true. Thrax has prepared a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> for how he wants to murder Bill Murray. Yeah, and he's talking to a bunch of, like, dumb germs that are like, okay, boss, whatever you say, you know. Yeah. So he's kind of the mastermind behind this plan. Um, Which that plan is oh, yes. to go to the hypothalamus yes. and uh, basically, quote-unquote, claim his prize, right? Which we... Which, what's his prize? We, his, his prize is this little special DNA bead. It's a little <laughs> magical gemstone that keeps <laughs> in a charm bracelet around his wrist. Yes, and that sounds like Kenan is joking. He's not joking. That is actually what it is. Yep. Um, but then going to the hypothalamus, he says he's going to, you know, he's like, let's let's heat things up, right? And he wants to cause, it ends up causing a fever. Uh, but this is actually pretty accurate in regards to if you're going to affect the function of the hypothalamus because the hypothalamus does regulate body temperature as well as other things. Right. Like hunger, thirst, fatigue, circadian rhythms, etc. Um, Where is the hypothalamus located? Pace? The hypothalamus is in your midbrain. 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 It's, it's kind of deep in there. Deep in the midst. I was gonna say in, in the brain. So I was pretty close. It is yeah. in the brain. <laughs> well, you also have some neurology training, right, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. I knew where it was. I can say gustatory cortex. <laughs> I don't even Oh, it's food. Oh, food yeah. brain. Oh, food <laughs> brain. Food brain. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> but while we're talking about the brain though, Hit me. there's something that I really do need to bring up. Okay. It's very important. Alright. Because while we're watching this film, you know, the mayor and everybody's hanging up out in Cerebellum Hall, right? Right. Which sounds nice. 
Yeah. It rolls off the it's tongue. It's the Mayoral Hall of The Frank. Mayoral Hall and the Cerebellum Hall. But this is like kind of an ironic name for it because the Cerebellum is responsible for like coordination and balance and which is why whenever sure. you drink alcohol, it affects your cerebellum so you have impairments in these abilities. I mean, I definitely do that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um <laughs> No one denies that, Kenan. Yep. Um, but yeah, everyone knows. But that. like, it doesn't make much sense though, because why would like you have the mayor? He's making all these like quote unquote decisions and like overriding Frank's brain. He wouldn't be hanging out in the cerebellum. Yeah, actually, there is there is a scene where, and I was now that you mentioned it, I'm wondering if that's why they put it in there because some of these are. I mean, does the cerebellum for the most part uh, control things that are you would consider involuntary? Some things are involuntary, but I would say actually most of your involuntary things are in the brain stem, like your pons and your mm. medulla oblongata. Okay. Uh, which is like heart rate and breathing, like truly involuntary things. Right. Uh, but you have some voluntary, you know, coordination. So we see uh, a couple times in the movie where the mayor, again, played by William Shatner, uh, t- completely takes over Frank. Yeah. Uh, and causes him to do things sort of involuntarily. Now, right. while these aren't breathing, there are more things like... Signing up for a wing festival in Buffalo, New York. Taking yeah. a cold pill. Taking a cold pill. Yeah. Which, go. but those are all like decisions that one would make. Right. Right. And therefore, it would have been more likely to, for the, for the it to be called like the prefrontal cortex hall. Okay. It really uh, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Yes. That's really terrible. <laughs> the prefrontal cortex hall. <laughs> well, okay. Hall. You could just like shorten it in college as like cortical hall. Oh, okay. Cortical hall. That's nice. That's actually pretty good. Cortical hall. Welcome and to Cortical Hall. Because, you know, this is where... I'm William Shatner. <laughs> what? Did you, right? like, go through a time machine? Captain Wait, that's Kirk. not how time machines work. Kirk, Hold on. Kirk the ship. <laughs> Kirk the ship, help me. Did did Shatner get Rip Van Winkled? Is that what happened? <laughs> Shat Van Winkled. <laughs> okay. You're... Any, anyway. <laughs> Kenan's great at derailing. <laughs> I'm sleepy. Yeah. This, the prefrontal cortex is where you would have, you know, your executive, you know, function, decision-making, and higher-order processes that... If you're going to have just a central designated, you know, governing body in your mind, it's probably going to be in your prefrontal cortex. And I'm assuming that's located in the front of the brain? hey yes, look at is. you. Actually, it's in the prefront. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I mean, it's in the name, Gennon, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll get my crap together. Yeah, come on, get it together, dude. So either way, he his plan is to go up to the hypothalamus, steal the dark crystal. We'll, yeah, which we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. It's not a real thing that exists, but... Osmosis Jones manages to infiltrate the conference meeting that Thrax is having in the back of the zit, uh, and is pretty bad at being undercover, and gets recognized, like... Almost instantaneously as being a cop. In fact, I think his blood cell. Doesn't his badge fall out of his pocket? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Great. Good job bringing that to the But he does hear the entire plan. He does. So. And then there's a showdown between uh, Thrax and his thugs and Osmosis and Drix, who is dancing the entire time. He's firing wildly uh, on the inside of this conference room. Let's ice this, this. Bitch. <laughs> without fine, without a permit, permit, without a permit to pop a pimple, they do. So they show up and they uh, suppose they kill or maim the majority of Thrax's thugs, thereby reducing his crime syndicate powers. Uh, they destroy the zit, which flies off of the front of the visage of Bill Murray, landing on Molly Shannon's oh. uh, trembling lips. Oh God, trembling. <laughs> Oh, God. In the real world, this causes obvious problems. Uh, inside Frank's world, they think that Thrax is gone, uh, whereas Thrax has obviously survived this encounter. Uh, and then uh, Osmosis Jones and Drix 
return to the police station thinking themselves the conquering heroes. You know, right. the thing this actually caused, the problem this really caused in the real world is that it made me want to vomit watching <laughs> Because this is it is like, oh man, it's huge and it's really nasty and it lands right on Molly Shannon's mouth. And of course, like, instead of it landing there and her just wiping it away, she's just sitting there like, oh, oh, with it like dripping down her lip. Yep. Oh, it's so... Oh, God, it's so oh, gross. Yeah. And I guess, like, speaking of vomit, we can sort of briefly mention why Bill Murray was interacting with Molly Shannon. So one the reason why uh, Osmosis Jones is a disgraced cop is because years prior to this, uh, Bill Murray went to a science fair for which his daughter was an entry. An, right. Uh, uh, participant? A participant? <laughs> a competitor. Uh, Molly Shannon is there, of course, as her teacher. Uh, Bill Murray interacts with her a couple of times. Moves on and looks at starts looking at some of the science fair projects. Uh, picks up some oysters that are part of a science fair project that a child is working on. Consumes one of those raw oysters. Immediately gets sick and vomits on Molly Shannon. And Osmosis Jones is the one that induced this vomiting yep, spree right. because he thought he saw a nasty virus on there. He was in the stomach at the time and just hit a big red button that, that said, said puke. puke on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or and like vomit. Or Bill Murray vomits all over Molly Shannon. I mean, that could have happened though. I mean, they say you know oysters are breeding grounds for bacteria. Sure, True. and the like point of the kids' science fair project was to show that oysters are he nature's could... filters <laughs> for removing pollution. Yeah, it's incredibly exactly. ironic. Actually, it's not ironic because then you're just eating all that nasty He's stuff. Just yeah, eating pollution. It was gross, man. So. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, it's more the plot of the movie of how Bill Murray gets to where he is, but, like, him throwing up on Molly Shannon is this whole cascade of events where, like, he gets fired, she everybody hates him, she's got a restraining order on him, so he, his life is pretty bad, which is why everybody hates Osmosis, yep. because they think that Frank's health has gone downhill, and it's all Osmosis Jones' fault and all this stuff, so. Frank shows up uh, and says, Molly Shannon, can you lift the restraining order for this weekend so I can go on a hike with my daughter? She says no. He hits her in the face with a zit and uh, runs away. Pretty Sorry. much. Oh. So at this yeah. point, <laughs> at this point, Drix and Osmosis are called back to the police station and to the mayoral hall, the what we're now calling the cortical hall. It's the uh, cortical hall. The cortical hall, uh, and are lectured by their boss and by the mayor for would you say popping an, a zit without without permits, without a, permit. popping a pimple without a permit, popping yeah. a pimple without a permit. And they come in like, hey guys, guess what? We got rid of Thrax, like we killed him, we found this whole plan, and they're like, we, you made up this whole virus, you're just a loose cannon cop, like... We've yet to see any evidence, like, we yeah. got rid of this cold by calling it a cold pill. Right. And, and so the mayor is really mad, because he's again trying to not draw attention to the poor health of Frank during his election, his re-election, so they fire Osmosis Jones from the force, they're like, turn in your gun and badge... You're you're done. You're washed up. Hit the bricks. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> and he, he's you know, so he reluctantly starts slumping off. And they go to Drix, and they're like, "You're a temporary cold pill. Your job's done. Get out of here." And so Drix, <laughs> so they both are like really disheveled and sad. And they're like, "Well, at least we beat Thrax, but like now that's our careers are over." Was that a was that a that's how I beat Shaq reference? <laughs> okay, good. I know we don't have to keep that in there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we will. I want candy. Bubblegum and Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Osmosis and, Th and Drix are, like, parting ways. Um, Drix is going to get peed out. Osmosis yeah, is just going to go on and live his sad life. His sad life. Turns out Thrax survived. Yep. So, all the thugs were killed in the zip-popping extravaganza, but Thrax is still alive, and he's on a solo mission to mess up Frank. And that was kind of a weird cut in the movie, because there's no... 
rhetoric from Thrax on his ejection from the zit. Like, there's not much more than just like, I'll get you, Gadget. And then he's just in the brain. Like, he, he hops yeah. onto an elevator. Delta and House! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah ex- Drix and Osmosis are on double secret probation. Yeah. And they... Thrax infiltrates the hypothalamus. <laughs> yeah. Man, we could have... I hope people that listen to this watch a lot of movies. I mean, they've at least watched Osmosis Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Thrax is like, I think he's got like two thugs left and they're like, we gotta lay low for a while and recover. And he's like, I'm trying to make my timeline of killing Frank as fast as possible. That's right. And he just ices the other two while he burns them. He kills them. Because he fires, yeah, because he fires he's them. some freak virus that has a very strong track record of killing people very quickly, yeah. as he mentions. Yeah, he um, actually, which is not really how viruses work, depending on, well, I guess it would depending on who the host is, but he actually mentions that he has killed a variety of patients over a variety of time basically timelines yeah he killed a kid in 72 hours killed a guy in a less week. than 48 hours less I than think. 48 hours yeah well no it was frank will be the record at 48 oh, that's hours. right he's saying i'm going for a record i'm gonna kill frank in two days yeah, yeah. that's right yeah so he that then proceeds i mean we can just go to him making his way to the hypothalamus yeah, yeah. right which what does the hypothalamus look like in the scope of the film uh this was <laughs> so this entire room that Thrax walks into is just a bunch of control panels all circling this one giant tube. Looks like a Bacta tank from Star Wars, but it has just a giant... It's the thing that Luke was floating in, John. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, got it. <laughs> it has this giant DNA strand just, like, swirling around on the inside of it. There's a bunch of panels on the wall that have Frank's current body temperature, uh, and there's just these cells walking around pulling out thermometers of what look like tiny mouths, and one of them going, 98.6, 98.6, <laughs> 98.6. <laughs> <laughs> just constantly but, doomed for all eternity to measure the body temperature of Frank. Yeah, <laughs> I think you mentioned that it was like one of the circles. Yeah, it looked awful. Like that's all they do. <laughs> they they obviously like wronged someone in their previous life, and they were sent to the thermometer center of yeah. Frank or something. To we're we're seeing the end of perdition. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is where good science goes out the window because you don't have some central DNA chamber in your body that is the DNA chamber. Yeah, it's almost like they imply that this is, like, the template DNA that Frank uses for all of the, like, for right. all of the other cells. Right. They're all cells, right? So they would so all they have would DNA all in them. they would all have DNA in them. Yep. And does it make sense that there's this giant DNA strand that's, like, bigger than them? It doesn't, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Thrax shows up. He murders and violates everyone in the room. Yeah. Uh, he. We'll get to that in a sec. Okay. He plucks the magical gem. He plucks the Infinity Stone from the middle of Frank's which hypothalamus. would have just been like some obviously very important molecule within the DNA, or like a like a like a phosphate or something. Yeah, it looks like, like he just shows up and removes an atom from a DNA. Right. Strand. Yeah. yeah. It's which, really weird, or like a nucleotide or something. It's just weird. which doesn't would not cause problems. I mean, sure, the, the body can re- can repair that. So. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But he takes this piece out, and then everything starts going red. The DNA is spinning around. Yes. He starts overheating. And yeah, Frank yeah. starts slowly just getting a fever, and just keeps... Well, not slowly. And rapidly very quickly. Yeah. yeah, Too quickly. Yeah. And uh, this, of course, I wanted to mention this before we leave, because this exists in a movie that's supposedly intended for children. <laughs> but as Thrax is leaving this room, we get a brief shot of one of the scientists, uh, presumably passed out or killed, bent over... The control panel at which he was previously working and a 
bunch of these thermometers just shoved into his butt. And yeah. I don't know why it was included in the movie, and I can't, I never saw it when I was a child. It's also for like a split second. Yeah. Like Thrax is leaving the room, and like when he passes in front of the quote unquote camera, you just see like butt thermometers. Butt it's thermometers. Very gory, actually. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. great. There's just some <laughs> animator who was like, huh, and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so again, so Thrax took this now, so he's trying to escape, and he's trying to go to a next host. He's like, I took this out, if I leave and they don't have it to replace in the hypothalamus, Frank's going to die. Yeah. Yep. So he's trying to escape. Uh, the secretary for the mayor, what is her name? Uh, Leah. Her name is Leah. Leah. She's played by Brandy. She is, yeah, she's played by the Brandy. Drink. She's, <laughs> she's getting to the point where she's sick of the mayor, because the mayor's just been, like... Neglecting, neglecting all the issues. Neglecting all the issues, yeah. So yeah, she he rigged the Kobayashi Maru. Nice. <laughs> Good. Wow. Sorry. Go ahead. So, God, is that because he's Shatner? Is that okay? Yes, yeah. All right. Jeez. Yeah. Still, I'll cut that out too. <laughs> but he. So, the secretary is now siding with Osmosis. Jones. Yeah. So she she knows that something's up. She's going to try and deal with uh, Thrax. She believes that something's wrong. She goes to the hypothalamus, notices that. The scientists are all dead. One has a bunch of thermometers shoved in his butt, oh and God. the DNA strands missing. And she's like, "Oh shit, Thrax was here." So she sort of sounds the alarm. The whole body's on alert, trying to find Thrax. Osmosis is in the brain watching a movie. Yep. And the way they depict it, in the which subconscious, I, right? In the subconscious, which I think is He's actually watching dreams. It's kind of a cool way that they do it. Like. The way they have the movie theater set up in the brain is that when Frank is asleep and he's dreaming, they just watch his dreams. Yeah. And that's a movie. And so they have all these titles like, oh, Forgot Your Pants, or like, The Day of the Big Exam, or like, The Cute Girl by the Bus Station, or some weird shit. Weird crap. Which they don't show you that movie, so I guess it's fine. That's probably good. (laughs) Yeah, but Osmosis is watching this movie, notices stuff starts going weird, the film reel starts going red. Yeah, and he's like, oh my god, we're starting to get a fever, you know, stuff's going wrong everybody's sort of wise that now something's wrong. Thrax is still alive. Frank's getting sick again. And so Drix was, a, sorry, I don't want to, Drix was about to leave because he didn't know Thrax was alive. Yeah, yeah. Osmosis shows up at the bladder where there's like a ferry boat loading up people to exit Bill Murray through his urine. Yeah. And Drix is all sad. He's like, I'm all washed up. Like my time's up here. And Osmosis comes up. He's like, Thrax is back. We got to finish the job. Like, I want solid get cold virus to beat cancer. Marge? Get your ass to Marge. Get your ass to Marge. No, he's like, I want solid cold virus beat cancer. Like, I believe in you. And so then... A cold pill beat cancer. I was saying sugar pill Yeah, sorry. A cold pill, not a cold... Yeah. That was it, yeah. A sugar he's... pill beat cancer, yep. yeah. So Drix comes along with him and he's like, do you really think I can do that? He was like, nah, dude, I made that up. But we gotta try. But we gotta do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so smash cut to the real world. Bill Murray is riding in his car with his gross friend on the way to, I guess, Buffalo, New York in order to eat wings at the Wing Festival because he's not going on the hiking trip. Bill Murray starts overheating and swerving everywhere on the road. Gross friend uh, says, uh-uh, we're going to the hospital. He calls an ambulance. Bill Murray is shipped off to the ambulance or to the hospital. And meanwhile, Osmosis and Drix and Leah are tracking down Thrax. They're chasing after Thrax to the right. body. And eventually confronting him, I think, in the nose or mouth. Bill Murray also the drank uvula. a beer. Oh, yeah. Bill Murray also drank a beer. Yeah. Oh, and then they, yeah, so then they go to the uvula, right? Yep. Thrax is trying to leave through the mouth. Yep. Bill Murray enters the hospital. He gets the worst doctor I've ever seen portrayed in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they literally wheel him in, 
And the doctor looks at him and goes, what's wrong with this man? And he go, and the ambulance drivers or EMTs go, he's overheating. I don't know what's wrong with him. Which uh, it would be pretty obvious what's wrong with him if he has a fever. I mean, yeah. he has some sort of infection. Well, right? they take his temperature and they're like, my God, cool this man down and start covering him with ice Well, packs. it's also like, the, okay, the first responder EMT people, like, they're not doctors, right? So they're going to tell you the symptoms that are happening. They're sure. Like, they're like, he's overheating. Yes. We found him passed out. That's what's happening. As the doctor, your job is to figure out what is wrong with him. <laughs> so to ask the EMT people, like, hey, what's wrong with him? Hey, like, EMT, well, what is your what? differential diagnosis? Yeah, like, what, I mean, like, it's not like they wouldn't have any idea if they were like, oh, he had a heart attack, something like that. But they're like, he's overheating. I don't know what's wrong. He's passed out. He's overheating. But, like, if, if with the fever he has, though, how dangerous is this to have? It gets up to like 106, 107. It's getting pretty. It's. Getting I think it high. gets up to 108. Yeah, it gets up to 108, yeah. and it's at what like 107.6, where you can start to have brain damage. From yeah, the you fever. start incurring brain damage, and if you have a, a fever for a, a long period of time or even a short period of time at that temperature, you can incur anywhere from brain damage to death. Right, right, so, so it's, it they're is They're trying serious. to cool him down with ice packs, but they're trying to cool him down. They also, yeah. they mention, you know, Jones and everybody mentions in the body, they're like, if his fever gets to 108, he's going to die. Yep. We have to stop Thrax before it gets to that. Right. So that's sort of this magic number where they're all like, we have a ticking clock yep. to get the magic DNA charm bracelet back Beep. from Thrax. Boop. Yeah. Beep. Exactly. Boop. And then... It gets to 108. Once his name shows up, Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland shows up. Shows up. <laughs> no. Murders Thrax. No, he doesn't. Hold on, hold on. Back he gets up. to 108. He dies on the table. Very briefly. Yes. The doctor <laughs> goes, that's it. And then just steps away. I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm calling it. Yeah. They don't try and resuscitate him at all. Like, they don't... I think they do CPR. The whole time, right? they are using one of those air balloon things, just like pump... like. Breathing for him, a mouth pump. They didn't intubate for him. They didn't intubate him. They're like right. using a mouth pump the entire time while he's like presumably still breathing. I don't know why they're using that. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't work in the medical field, but I they, mean, maybe they definitely didn't do anything else. No. Yeah. So. so they're just doing that the whole time, and then he dies. The doctor says, "I'm calling it." Yep. Um, Thrax leaps from Bill Murray's mouth, spreads his bat-like wings, and tries to fly out after he's stolen this gem. He still has his charm bracelet. Mm-hmm. We get a. Not the best line in the movie where Osmosis hops into Drix's Mega Man arm cannon and he says, If you want Osmosis, and then Drix says, You get Osmosis, which not good. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) He fires him from the mouth and then Osmosis grabs Thrax and they both both land on Bill Murray's daughter's eye, who has now shown up to the hospital absolutely covered in makeup. Yeah, because she was Putting on makeup in the bus with their yeah. They were hanging out. It was the field trip bus. Yeah, it was the field, field trip, trip bus. bus. You yeah. know, little miss kids are putting just, on the makeup. I, I understand why they do it. Because in this epic battle on her eyeball, they eventually fall onto the false lash yeah. that has been put onto her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, Osmosis and Thrax engage in some good CQC, some hand-to-hand combat. Uh, which is start, how cells fight. Which is how cells fight, <laughs> hand-to-hand yep. combat. Uh, Thrax, I guess, gets punched in the face... Uh, no, Thrax gets Thrax goes to punch Osmosis, and with his with his, right, with his finger, evil finger, yeah, and it gets embedded into the fake eyelash and stuck in there. And Osmosis splits around it, yeah, dodges the blow, steals his charm bracelet, and then runs up the fake eyelash back onto his daughter. 
Right. And while Thrax falls with the fake eyelash into a container that just says alcohol on it. <laughs> just says alcohol. Just an open beaker in uh, the hospital Which that just says alcohol. would be for sterilization, but it wouldn't just say alcohol. It'd say, like, isopropyl alcohol. One, it or... wouldn't be an open beaker, because yeah. that's insane. Yeah. Because if you just knock it over, you just knocked a bunch of alcohol over. Right. And you no longer have access <laughs> yeah. to it. Two, it, doesn't, it would say ethyl or isopropyl. Yeah. Like, that's it. But, but <laughs> it does do the job of murdering. Things. It would have killed the virus, at least over time, right? If pretty, it just, pretty fast. Yeah. Like, 100% alcohol would kill it pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. depending on the percentage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Thrax lands in this. He, like, explodes, boils alive in this alcohol. Yeah. The and One Ring lands in his hand. Dead. He looks upwards, smiles, and then sinks into the fires of Mount Doom. Basically. <laughs> Basically. Um, and so, they're all sitting there. Frank is now dead, yep. right? The cells are standing in his body, just kind of like, fuck. Frank is, whoops, I shouldn't say the F-bomb. You should. are like, oh no, Frank is dead. Oops, oopsie daisy. Yeah, osmosis then flies back into the mouth. With yep. I don't even know how he gets it's back a, It's via one of oh, Shane's tear. tears. Yeah. That, oh, that's right. That one he, of her tears lands in Bill Murray's mouth, and, and osmosis is there. They He wakes up, and he's like, look what I got. They put the <laughs> magical gemstone back into Frank's brain. Uh, Frank now has access to multiple gemstones from multiple people, so... The, actually, in Osmosis Jones 2, Bill Murray gains a bunch of superpowers. You make up a lot of stuff. None of that is true. Did you know that? Okay. You make up a None lot of stuff. None of that's true. We didn't watch Osmosis Jones 2. There is no Osmosis Jones 2. We'll talk about it later. Okay. They put the bead back in the DNA. Yep. His fever starts going down. Frank wakes up. And Bad Doctor like, turns around and goes, uh, oh, he's alive? <laughs> and just like looks around like at everyone around him to see if anyone caught him mess up. God, he's such a derp like doctor. He is. Yeah. And he looks like some really like from he's like from er or like gray's anatomy yeah, yeah like he's, he's like an, a tra- he's a hot doctor it's really weird bad right? hot doctor yeah 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 so frank wakes up he's fine everybody lives the day is after. saved thanks to crying. the powerpuff girls oh crying <laughs> sorry the day is saved thanks to the powerpuff girls yeah um and, that and johnny is... bravo nice that is how <laughs> the movie ends basically um, sweet so they they do have one more scene where they smash cut to him spending nice time with his daughter going on a hike. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's about it. Bill Murray huffing and puffing on his way up a mountainside. Right, yeah. pretty much. So. Yeah. Uh, some gripes and groans? Or do we want to just... It right. sounds like you may have a gripe slash groan pace. Yeah, you know, I never... I don't have a whole lot of gripe slash groans, but... I want to listen to you complain. I have a couple that I want to bring up. I already talked. Thing. I know. And it's also my favorite thing. I believe you. We talked about st- about cortical versus cerebellum halls. So we don't have to go into that. Right. But I would like to have seen, uh, we kind of talked about, talk about this a little bit, but a little more variety of the cell types. Like, there could have, they could have, could have had a lot more fun with, like, you know, maybe natural killer cells mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, different uh, types of white blood cells, like macrophages carrying out phagocytosis. Oh, like, yeah. literally eating and engulfing infected cells in their debris, yeah. right? Which would have been dope AF. Um, and oh <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, it, it would have been it would have been fun to see, like, just a little bit of more creativity with maybe, like, some, some neurons and just different yeah. differential abilities of different cells. All the cells are really just white blood cells. They did, I thought they did a good job with the animated scenes, and, like, if they cut out the real-life stuff, it would have just been, like, a fine movie. Yeah, it's true. I I really don't think they needed too much of, like, these gross, grotesque Bill Murray. Like, I love Bill Murray, but every time they cut back to real life, it was just because they were, like, trying to make the audience puke, and I... The little kids love the gross stuff. Oh, it was so nasty. It was awesome. It was too gross. Gross out humor. 
<laughs> well, and they kind of do that because later on you get, uh, what is it, Osmosis and Drix as a cartoon, right? And that's just yeah. all animated stuff. And then Osmosis Jones 2, when Bill Murray gains all of his superpowers, that's just completely, that's all live action. So I'm not anyway, even going to bother what, saying that's What is that's that coming wrong. out, Kenan? Did, you write, out. did you write Osmosis Jones 2? Yes. Oh. Big wigs get at me. So I think we should rate this bad boy. Rap siren, rap siren. Why don't you lead us off, Sean? Okay. So, as we stated in this movie, uh, I, I honestly thought they did a pretty good job um, with their representation of how the cells interact with the body, how the immune cells are fighting the virus uh, for the first half of the movie. I thought the second half was buck wild with the magic DNA strand. It was crazy. It didn't make any <laughs> sense at all. Yeah, it's no good. So, what I'm going to do with this movie is I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to give it a uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half out of five, right in the middle. Two and a half out of five. I think they you did freaking fractions. Uh, it's it's the half. Five out of ten. Oh, do you want to talk about fractions, Mister Eleven out yeah. of eighteen? Didn't you give it like eleven out of eighteen before or something? No. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. Whatever you want to do. Middle of the road science because I thought they did some really cool things with the way the cells are interacting with each other, trying to beat the virus. How the virus is like recruiting other viruses and stuff mm-hmm. like that i mean it's not really it's not all quite realistic but they made they did a good job i thought it was entertaining and somewhat realistic for the way viruses interact that said the second sure. half just out the window yeah ha- um how i like the movie i'm gonna give it a four out of five because i actually really enjoyed the movie like it, it i've yeah. watched it before when i was movie. young we watched it again i mean i guess i'm still kind of young but we watched it again and i thought it was great and You're i would watch it a third time yeah, I'm young at heart. Yeah, you have the body of like a uh-huh. seven-year-old, but you're young at heart. That was my child's laughter. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pace, what about you? Uh, I would like to reiterate and support most of the things that that Sean just said, um, but I also want to point out. So. I also want to point out another reason that I loved the film from the science perspective, which is just all those small tidbits, little fun moments in the film that make strong references to science that aren't necessarily, you know, necessary for the film. Like, for example, uh, when Osmosis is talking to to Leah, who he has a romantic interest in, uh, he's he's complimenting himself, saying, oh, you know, the the chicks line up to divide with me, and she's like, eh, because you kind of look like a cell that likes to divide with himself. Which you is know, <laughs> which, is, which is super clever, and it, you know, it, it hit home for us, especially because we know about mitosis and the process of cells dividing. Sure. So moments like that definitely, like, I would say actually made me respect the science aspects of the film more. So overall, I'm going to give right. it a three out of five. So you really, um, you really liked the way that masturbation humor was presented in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, sorry, were you guys talking about me earlier? I, I didn't hear you because I don't listen to nonsense. Um, so, anyway. Our listeners do. Go ahead. That's, that's true. Those into us talk. Um, so, like I said, three out of five for, older, for overall science. I also think you have to keep in mind this is targeted to kids. Um, yeah. So, yeah. for all of that, I think they did a really good job. It wasn't a super dramatic film uh, that kept on the edge of your seat, but I think that uh, it was incredibly entertaining, which leads me to my entertainment rating, which I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, I... I Given what it is and what its intention is, I was um, I was never bored during this film, yeah. um, and I think it had a really great balance of the science and the humor uh, and the interplay between the live action and the animated scenes. Sweet, Kenan, what did you think? So, uh, rating this movie, I think, is uh, going to be a little weird for me because, like, I, okay, so the movie in its current form with its amount of science that's in it, I'll give it a three out of five, right? But this is also a movie that I think would have been really, really cool if targeted more towards a 
I guess a science people with scientific backgrounds. It would have been a cool movie to have included science that was just way more in depth. And we talk about this a little bit, like about how certain cell types were portrayed. Right. One of the things that, and this is probably the nerdiest crap that's going to be in this episode, but one of the things that I was thinking about pretty much the entire time that Osmosis Jones was interacting with the chief of police is that it would have been really, really cool if they had portrayed the chief of police as one of these cells that actually gives orders and jobs to other immune cells in the body. So like a dendritic cell? Exactly. So we already talked about, you know, a little bit of how antigen presentation works whenever you have an infection. Like these cells engulf or, you know, are infected by different types of pathogens. Uh, Once they process those, they present them to the immune system, and then they are then given jobs... Uh, every time you get one of these infections, um, they're, they're given jobs to help combat that infection, right? Right. So it would have been kind of cool if, uh, oh, we think we have a cold, and the chief was like, oh, this is the dendritic cell that the other cells, like the, the uh, uh, naive T cells, show up to in order to be assigned as cytotoxic, so to go out right. and kill cells that are infected. Or to go out and be as regulatory, so to go out and prompt other cells to start making antibodies and doing all these other kind things. Kind of reinforcing that quote-unquote chain of command for the chief and on down for the types of immune cells and their functions and what those would have been. Exactly. It I also been really very wanted, cool. I also really wanted antibodies to be portrayed in the film. I know. Oh, dude. We talk, so we talked about this a lot. That I, we really So antibodies, you know, they're proteins. They recognize specific antigens, which yep. Kenan has talked about before. But they look like the letter Y basically in their shape <laughs> and we really wanted a bunch of giant like y-shaped things just, just running around with sirens around. going yeah. like wee 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 just like <laughs> trying to trying to just bind to random antigens and stuff <laughs> in the body thought that would have been very funny but oh geez <laughs> they also named the uh but i don't they named- we can't record a single episode without someone's phone going off. Uh, but instead of making the chief a gen- dendritic cell, they named him Chiefy Weefy, which I think is a, a probably good different split. Like I, that's I, that tickled the same need that I had for this. No, movie. it's pretty shitty. But <laughs> I mean. either way, I give it a three out of five for the science. I definitely wanted more science, but it was targeted towards kids, so I get why that doesn't it, it, there right. isn't there. Mm-hmm. As far as enjoyability goes, I'm gonna give it a uh, a shark. What? Because it's my second favorite animal. What's your first favorite animal? Kenan, did you just have is, a stroke? <laughs> Do you re- remember it, how this works? Wait, it's Rob wait. Schneider. Oh, you mean like the animal? It's my favorite Rob animal. Rob Schneider. Yeah. So a shark out of animal equals... Wait, Pace, hold on. He's I just am, a shark under Rob Schneider. I am very worried about Kenan now because... Kenan, what... Do you guys smell toast? Okay. All right. Maybe we should do some listener questions. Hey, we have we actually have those this time, though. Yeah, That's the crazy great. thing. Sure, we sure. actually have our first listener question. Four out of five. Um, oh, okay, good. A real rating. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, we have our first listener question, <laughs> uh-huh. thankfully, uh, and we look forward to getting more of these. But this one comes uh, from Lauren out of Gainesville, Florida. Lauren. Uh, this question was sent through via Twitter. Okay. Friend of uh, the show, Pace. Friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the Lauren. podcast, Lauren. Um, which you can find on Twitter as at Lauren L. Pace. I'm not sure what oh. that last name is or where it, can, it comes what from. What a coincidence. Yeah. What a common um, last name. Yeah. It is common, actually. Which Are you is sure it's not Pache? Lauren L. Pache. It might be Spanish. At Lauren L. Pace on Twitter. El uh, Pache. Thank you. Let him, let him read the question. Okay, sorry. For God's yeah. sake. Thank you, Lauren, for your question. Uh, she asks, would a deadly virus be able to 
quote-unquote masquerade temporarily as a common cold prior to inducing its more deadly effects, which Thrax kind of like promotes himself as as he's doing this in the body. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your question. We really appreciate you listening to the show. Yeah, and thanks for writing in. To, sorry, I was throwing my radio voice for a second. I was trying to help. Um, and to answer your question, I think in the beginning, yes. Masquerading to the immune system is a little different, but as an individual, when you get sick, right, mm-hmm. many times you'll get infected with a virus that will cause cold and flu-like symptoms, Yeah, which are just respiratory fever you know things like that you'll have a runny nose you'll have a headache you'll have a cough right all those sort of things lots of different viruses can cause those same effects so you wouldn't really especially know especially early on yeah especially early on so you wouldn't know you know is this a cold is this a flu whatever uh, your body in the beginning your innate immune system would still behave the same way to all of these so it would right. essentially not differentiate between these once your adaptive immune system kicks in meaning like the T cells the things that are like targeted specifically to a certain type of virus. Your osmosis Jones. That, yeah, that's when the jig is up. You know, they know, okay, this is a flu. We have to kill the we flu have to virus. Get rid of this. Like, this is a cold, things like that. So, so um, you're saying so at, yes. least, at least initially because of that, you know, common innate immune system response, then yeah, you know, it could masquerade as with the cold-like symptoms yes. before actually causing the, the more deadlier symptoms. And what's actually kind of cool is that for a lot of things like viral infections and sometimes bacterial infections, uh, uh, medical professionals will actually look for an uptick of the number of, say, like antibodies towards a specific thing, right? In order to identify the fact that you have that infection, you have that sort of pathogen. Yeah, your body will know before we do. Really. Yeah, so. just kind of cool. Uh, so, thanks again for your question, Lauren. And we I, we actually did get some feedback on the show. That's that's pretty nice. So we got uh, some feedback from Sarah. Sorry, friend of the podcast, Sarah at <laughs> Sarah H Earl on Twitter. She actually sent in a question about one of our previous episodes, The Day After Tomorrow, um, and she asked about the recent hurricane that uh, I believe uh, went over Ireland and the UK, or parts of the UK, yeah. recently, um, and she was asking, so we mentioned in our Day After Tomorrow episode that hurricanes cannot form over land, right? Um, whereas we just got a hurricane that did in fact roll over the UK, much like the one that formed over Scotland in the movie The Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so she was asking, like, oh, you know, is this indica- indicative of climate change? Or, you know, how do you rectify the things that we said versus what happened? Right. I think it is indicative of climate change in, in what we experience in, in the real world here, in, in our Earth, our version of Earth that's not in the day after tomorrow. Uh, whereas you just have those those warmer waters in the, um, out in the ocean that can facilitate a hurricane going as far north as Scotland, right? Yep. Uh, where it's, where it, there's no precedent for that normally uh, because of changing climate conditions it happened yeah i mean i think also the the hurricane formed near the tropics right which is where hurricanes are still going to form because right. the water is warmer there so the hurricane formed near the tropics there was just um it followed the gulf stream up all the way to the uk so the gulf stream goes all the way across the atlantic up to the uk and that's right. why it's not like freezing cold in the uk even yeah. though it's really far north still so this hurricane followed that up and I guess it was the water was warm enough that it could make it up there, but it is noteworthy that it was losing strength the entire time. So the water is warmer, but not that warm. So it followed the currents, but by the time it got there, it was like I think maybe a category one and then like a tropical yeah, storm and stuff. Right. So 
normally what will happen is they will still get weather that originated in the tropics. It'll just break up by the time it gets up there, and right. it'll just be a cold front or something and a lot right. of rain. But... So still a little unprecedented, but not wholly out of the question. Right. Like, the magnitude of the storm is more unprecedented, but the fact that they get storms that start in the tropics end up there, that happens all the time. Right. We also got a question from a friend of the podcast, Rebecca. Thanks for your question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. She said she likes a podcast, too. So that's oh, awesome. that's perfect. Yep. Friend of the podcast, Rebecca, sent us a question. She's at Becca Paintmore on Twitter. Uh, she said, has anyone mentioned that the mosquito, referring to our Jurassic Park episode, in the amber wasn't, in fact, petrified because it wasn't turned to stone? So in Jurassic Park, they actually mentioned that the mosquito is petrified in amber, um, which it, of course couldn't be because otherwise they couldn't get any actual organic material yeah the mosquito after right. the fact. Yeah. yeah if something becomes petrified it basically gets turned to stone exactly. right so, so it obviously wasn't turned to stone it's more just encased in hardened yeah it amber. was it was essentially preserved in amber yes. in its non-degraded form which like is so unrealistic of how that would happen yeah. but i mean and a solid point made by rebecca uh whom is uh an archaeologist so she actually has experience in archaeology and history uh and actually sent us an email saying that uh if we ever need an archaeologist on the podcast to hit her up and we could watch like indiana jones because uh, or the mummy because there aren't that many good archaeological movies out there it's true yeah, so, so look out for those yeah so we're definitely considering that we'll keep that in mind um and thanks again for your emails and liking the show, things like that. We really appreciate all the listenership we can get, and we're glad you guys are engaged also. Yep, and we've got one last one from a uh, friend of the podcast, Thomas, who, uh, he's at RxBandit89 on Twitter, who mentioned he would 100% pay for a t-shirt that says do the snakes fart on it. <laughs> so, I don't know how you make t-shirts, but someone help. We I think, it. like, wool? <laughs> okay, yeah, so Sean will spin <laughs> a yarn shirt for I'm you. I'm pretty sure that cotton is much more common nowadays, Sean. Uh, no, no we're going to do wool. We're going to do wool, yeah. all and right. And we'll keep you warmer. Yeah. Send us an email or a missive by Raven. Uh, Sean will... Could you imagine wearing a wool shirt in Florida? <laughs> no, you would die. I mean, you could wear it for a little bit until you died of heat stroke. Yes. Oh. So send us a missive. Sean will weave you a shirt, and I will write, do the snakes fart on... Uh, and Sharpie on it, and Pace will draw a snake. I will draw a snake. Excellent. Cool. Because we we still are really just trying to figure out that do the snake spark situation. It's a constant quest that we I have. I honestly don't know. I don't know either. I think they do. So we should wrap up, because I'm assuming the ding we heard earlier was Pace's wife yelling at him for being late. Most likely. <laughs> so where can we find you on Twitter, Pace? Uh, you can find me... Or just on the internet. Primarily on the Twitter. Uh, Twitter is the most likely medium in which I will communicate with you, uh, at Michael C. Pace. Excellent. What about you, Sean? Uh, you can't find me anywhere. Don't even try. So go over to Kenan. Kenan Sean's like Harrison Ford no, in The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Yeah. Nice. I almost said Patriot Games. Yeah. That was the wrong movie. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at real... No, wait. Hold on. At Cross and Grip. <laughs> um, I'm never on there, but if someone actually tweets at me, maybe I'll get on there more. If you um, want to talk to Sean, just tweet at the podcast. Just tweet at the podcast, which is at Real Science Cast on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram. Kenan, where Bing, can bang, people boom. find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Zanga, Battle.net, uh... Xbox Live, Grinder, Grinder, PlayStation Online, Grinder, Okay Cupid, Farmers Only, uh, J Date, J Date. What is J? Oh, right. It's the Jewish dating one. You said Farmers Only and Okay Cupid. Uh, wait, wait, also I'm a Jewish farmer, uh, so I'm Christian Mingle too. Christian right? Mingle. I Christian can't Mingle be on J Date and Christian Mingle. No, dude, you can. You're I'm Jewish, Jewish, Crewish. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, at L O L Kinnan. Nice. L O L. 
K-E-N-N-O-N. All right. I think we have talked for enough. Far too long. And Pace has family obligations to go to. That he's now 30 minutes late for. My in-laws are going to kill me. They are. They're going to be like, you can't marry your daughter anymore. You're gonna, that's not how They're already works. married. Psych, already married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just get them to listen to the podcast and everything will be fine. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'll just do that. As long, unless they love Kristen Wiig. <laughs> or Tim Tebow. Or Tim Tebow. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is going to be a future guest on the podcast, so we're going to sweep all of this under the rug. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know what movie we'd watch. Well, but she's an actor. We're not going to watch Bridesmaids. We can just watch any movie because she's an expert on acting. What? Is she an expert on acting? <laughs> yeah. Do you, you mean that, like, every movie is a, a documentary on acting? Yeah, her, okay. her two lines in The Martian really showcase her acting Okay, abilities. Pace, we oh, cannot we do, do this, this again. again. <laughs> Kristen Wiig, we're sorry. Thank you for listening. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Crossan. I'm Kenan Smith. I'm Michael Pace. Stay classy. San Diego. Fuck you, Sean. You don't need good science to make a good movie. I actually don't understand how your voice gets that deep. Like, it's in- unfathomable <laughs> that my voice could ever go that deep. We're going to record a podcast. I cannot. Podcast. Yeah, I couldn't even think of going to record a podcast. That's about as low as I can go. You ever heard, you ever heard, of, you ever heard of a podcast before? Hi, nerds. Welcome to the Real Science Podcast, where three highly qualified professionals watch a movie and then pick apart the science. That wasn't a line, was it? Is there a reason you're adding Southern accent where to your deep voice? Where's Rachel? <laughs> Why do you want to kill me? I'm not weird, hockey man. I don't play hockey. <laughs> God, can we just do this for an hour? Yeah, we could. Pace, let me hear your Batman impression. I don't really have a very good Batman. Kenan's is good. I hear it. Where's Rachel? Yeah. Where's Rachel? That's pretty, That's pretty good. good. Where's yeah. Kenan? Alfred, no. help. Now say, I'm not wearing hockey pads. I'm not wearing hockey pads. I'm a hockey player. <laughs> Sorry, he said hockey pads. He said pants. <laughs> it's hockey pads. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> These are my Dom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing Dom jeans. <laughs>